This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with a big kid and a little kid. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two young kids, and a baby. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, maybe they won't grow out of it. Plus, Biz is back from Bama. Teresa remembers that toddlers are hard. And we talk to author Jill Castle about feeding our kids. Woo! Hey, it is so nice to be back. It is. It's really great. I, before we get into checking in, yeah. I, I got a little, I'm going to say a little thing. Okay. Uh, and that's just that, like, like most podcasts, our show is weird in that some people will be listening to it the day it comes out in real time, as it were. And some people will listen to the show a year from now, two years from now, five years from now. <laughs> and as a result, we're, we always try and keep the show more timeless than timely simply because the world will be different each time a person comes to the show. So we try to stick with what we created the show to be, basically us struggling as individuals <laughs> and as parents. Now, that that's not always easy, especially when the things that happen in the world affect us so deeply as parents. It is important for us to say that we are for ending the separation of children from their parents as an immigration policy. And I hope if you're listening to this five years from now, yeah. that, that you're like, like, what? Why is that even something yeah. that could happen? We understand that this is just one of many things deeply affecting parents, friends, family, and communities. And now more than ever, we really want to try to remember that we can't know what is going on with someone and to try and extend kindness first to people out in the world the best we can and to extend kindness to ourselves right yep. now. And now I'm going to awkwardly transition into how are you, Teresa? Oh, great. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. Um, it's been a while. We have not seen We pre-recorded some stuff yeah. while I went down to And then we had Bama, the live show. And then we had a live show. And then we actually we took, took a week, week off. off. Yeah. And it's just like, Teresa... You've grown so yeah. much. So <laughs> many, like, so many things have happened. Like, I was thinking about this this morning in the shower, like, getting ready to come here. Yeah. And I was like, so much has happened yeah. that, like, I would have talked about on the show. But then I was like, yeah. but then, like, <laughs> but then, but then, like, nothing's really different. Yeah. Like, everybody's still here. Yeah. Like, doing I Doing that stuff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we've, we've had, a, like, a fair amount of traveling mm. hither and thither. Yes. And traveling is somehow, like, even harder than it was last summer because now I can't just, like, put my baby in a thing. Oh, you can't, yeah. He's 17 months old. And, Getting okay. too big for a thing. He is too big for a thing. He's way too big for a thing. We've talked a lot about how Curtis is such a cool guy. <laughs> the myth of Curtis. The myth of Curtis. And he is. He is, and he's so sweet, but... <laughs> He Maybe the show should be called <laughs> but but. <laughs> but he is 17 months old and mm. oh my god you guys I'm remembering why fucking toddlers are the worst like because we forget things we forget things and <laughs> I'm glad that I've done this before because I'm a little bit less like Oh my god! Yeah, this is impossible. How can anyone do this? Like, I'm a little bit less like deeply distressed than I was with the first two, but I'm still just like, oh my god, yeah, this is so 
It's so Ugh. hard. Like he doesn't want his, you know, to sit for a diaper change or like get clothes on or like he doesn't. He's like t- he's really interested in all the stuff that yeah. is either dangerous or not his or going to be a huge mess yes. or just like something that I need to like intently supervise if he's going to be playing with it yeah. for safety reasons. And that makes traveling so hard. Like it's not like he really just needs to be in like a padded room with toys or he needs to be at the park. Like he can't like <laughs> right. I can't take him anywhere. You I know? can't like, take you anywhere. It's true. I know. It's true. It is so hard. Ugh. It is so hard. And the throwing of the food and the throwing of the water and the throwing of like everything <laughs> that he doesn't want just gets thrown. And like it's like super cute because he's so sweet. But then you're just like <laughs> then you're like okay yeah I've like I forgot I can't really do anything now. So I like have, like the most unsupportive face. I'm I know. Erased. I'm just like. Ugh. Uh, yeah, I'm just reminders, oh, reminders. Yeah. yeah, and so I'm just like, okay, so this is where we're at right now, and like, I know, <laughs> I know, it's, we are. I know it's gonna get easier, but like, I know also that like a year from now, it's not gonna be that different. Mm-mm. Like, the toddler stage lasts long. so much longer than the baby stage. Yeah, it's so long. Yeah. It's so fucking long. It's still happening with the older one. He's gonna one. be three and like yeah. doing a lot of yeah. the same stuff. So like, I need to buckle in. <laughs> And, like, do it. (laughs) The rest of this year will just be Teresa in a padded room. Yes. Uh, This one, right here, this this booth. We'll start putting out shows every two days. Yes. Just to release. Well, I'm glad you had a relaxing trip. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) Oh, my God. Sorry. Yeah, thanks. How are you? I'm pretty good. We did the Bama trip. Yeah. And it was very good. (gasps) Oh, my God. I know. That's so cool. We had Yay. a really nice time, good. and my sister was there, and she was great with oh, the kids, cool. and the kids had such a good time with her, and like the folks both did a really, you know, good job, and I, you know, I could really see them like pushing to be really involved, yeah. which is great, because you know we don't see them very often, so it's pretty easy to be like, I don't want to break my routine, and I, which I don't blame anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, here's this loud tornado of us. Mm-hmm. It was. It was pretty good. We just kind of mastered some stuff. I don't know if it was just that Ellis was older. It probably had more to do with something I'm going to share when it comes to genius time. Mm -hmm. But overall, a success. Steph and I both said when we came back, we were like, we actually don't feel beat up. I mean, it was a lot. We were constantly doing, you know what Uh I mean? But like... Sometimes we come back and we're like, I've haggard and broken. Haggard and broken. This felt more just like, huh. Wow. We're still we're as good we're as back. we were when we came yeah. in. Right. Interesting. So anyway, so that was exciting. Great job. Uh, it was nice to see something change, which ties in nicely to what we're going to talk about today, which is perhaps some things might actually not change. <laughs> Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. Maybe they won't grow out of it. (laughs) That's what we're going to talk about today. Okay, I think we have spoken often. I think we've gone through many 
phases on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, when our when some child of ours was very young, you start panicking. They're going to be like this forever. They're going to pick their nose forever. They're going to bite their nails. They're never going to yeah. be polite. Yeah. They're whatever. Yeah. They're going to never sleep. Picky eater. Picky eater. Yeah. Fill in the yeah. blank. We're going to panic. Yeah. We're going to overdo. Yeah. Then we're going to realize stepping back. Eventually things change. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you don't have to do anything and they change. Right. Or sometimes yeah. you just do a few little things. Yeah. And then long game. Lots of things yeah. are long game. Yep. And then I have moments like I'm going through now where I <laughs> I worry, maybe it, maybe it won't. And I, yeah. I, I hope. Yeah. I, I, I just said that out loud. And then yeah. I could hear myself say to myself, yeah. are you just looking for something else to worry about? But, and possibly, that's usually the answer. And I I think maybe we both have similar things going on like this. Uh My example of this is Ellis, as you know, picky eater. Yeah. Okay? And at first, I was like, this is not going to be my battle. Look how great I am. I am going to be so cool at dinner. I don't care about making him something different. It's not a big deal. You know, he eats fish sticks. He eats meatballs. All of these was ketchup. He Uh eats... A grilled cheese sandwich, and he eats, you know, like oatmeal in the morning or a waffle. These are really great, guys. That's really good. And fruit. That's great. This is great. That's a nice variety. It is. And there's protein in there. There's a protein and a fruit. Yeah. Two years later, this is all we're still eating. Yeah. Two years later, nothing new has worked into Mm -hmm. the diet. Mm -hmm. We have read Sam I Am. A number of times. We trying to work anything else into it. And I kept thinking when they were like really little, we never gave them like milk with their cereal because they couldn't eat it yet. But then Katie Bell eventually had milk with it. Ellis doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm going to have a high schooler eating fucking dry dry cereal. cereal. Which there's nothing wrong with that. But like in my mind, that's not how you're supposed to eat it. And and then like. Mm. There's no dairy besides this yogurt and the occasional grilled cheese, right? Okay. Like and some smoothies I can cheat. But I am a little like, huh, maybe he's not going to grow out of this. Yeah. So that's mine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do you, we're gonna, can you make so me we're feel gonna, better? So we're going to lay we're gonna lay them all out before sure. we try to help sure. each other? No, yeah, okay. yeah. I don't think we can help each other. Well, I'm not going to help your problem, but I will tell you a similar story. (laughs) Oh, okay. I like similar stories. So lay lay out your problem. Okay. My problem is also with my second child. (laughs) I think the reason... It's kind of like... I think it's a second child problem because, Mm. like, if you saw your first child grow out of something... Yeah. You assume your second child eventually will, too, and you get really relaxed. Parenting. Disappointing assumptions. Yes. (laughs) So it's Oscar's sleep stuff. Like, I just assumed that, you know, we went through that whole phase with Gracie where she wouldn't stay in bed at bedtime. Yeah. And then eventually she would stay in bed at bedtime and I could say goodnight and leave. Yeah. And so when Oscar transitioned to the big kid bed, you know, around three, I similarly did not freak out when I noticed that I had to sit there to keep him in bed. Right. Because I was like, oh, yeah, he's going to do this for a little bit, and then he's not going to need it anymore. (laughs) Oh, God. And he is, like, so much more entrenched in it now than he Mm. ever was. Like, 
I have yeah. to like sit in a certain spot and he has to like yes. have access to my arm and like he has to like snuggle in this like particular way and like have certain things and like <laughs> my <laughs> eyes are like blowing up. I, I know and if I turn to like talk to him or something he's like mommy you're not in the you're not in the like you're, you're not, not sitting right. you're, can you please turn and I'm like okay fine yeah so yeah I mean and I've definitely enabled it Sure, because, so am I. Because I've been like, this works for him, and I know he'll grow out And of I know it. he'll grow out of it. Exactly. But here we are. Here we are. And I want to point it's out. almost two years yeah, later. I want to point yeah. out you saying the, like, how the entrenched, like, how he gets, yeah. like, Ellis is the same with the food. If, like, Stefan was fixing his dinner one yeah. night and put the ketchup in a different part of the you know, yeah. sectioned plate than I did. Right. All was lost. Yeah. Dinner wasn't eatable. Right. That was insane. Yeah. You know, or like, yeah, yeah. any variation yeah. seems way more important yeah. than it did with the Katie Bell. And I really just want to repeat what you said, yeah. which is the, I enabled it. Yeah. Because it was helping yeah. and, working, and working and it was achieving. Yeah. And I thought... He was going to grow out of it, and he, he hasn't. I mean, okay, so the, so here's, like, what I say to self-soothe, which is, <laughs> which is, like, okay, they haven't grown out of it yet. Yet. They haven't grown out of it as soon as we expected them to. Okay, it's been two years-ish for both of us. Yes. And we were both probably envisioning like a six month scenario six to eight i thought for food yeah i was going with the year because he would tell Uh me the story of when i'm four i'll try this right right, when i'm five i'll do that and then they just right he's not five yet but you know what i mean right like that's the new lie right but like i look at like my brother for example Mm. that's who i was going to tell you the story about because like when he was a kid he would only eat like for dinners he would only eat like a plain chicken patty, plain, with plain lettuce. That was his vegetable and that was his yeah. meat. And <laughs> it was like, not only are you scrunching up your nose because that just doesn't know, sound I'm just appealing, like watching. But, and he would sometimes have plain toast, no butter. Like, yeah. he had like he had this thing about it being like dry and yeah. plain. And <laughs> he did that all the way up through like, till he was probably like 10, 11, which is terrifying. Whoa. 10 wow. or 11, he is now, then he went to high school, went off to college, moved, like moved, became a, like yeah. went through teenage years, went through grown up years and gradually in his own way yeah. has become like a super adventurous eater and yeah. he cooks and he's great. Like he's great. He loves all kinds of foods. He eats all kinds of things yeah. and he's not, he has no weird food things as far as I can tell. I this think- was just what he did as yeah. a kid. I think this is interesting, but you know where my brain immediately goes, which is, but why couldn't I, I have been the one? Why won't he do it with me? As with if it has me. anything to do fucking with me. I know. Why isn't, you know, know, he doing it with me? Because it plays it for the food one. And we're going to have somebody come on today, Jill Castle. She's going to talk about food, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to monopolize the time talking about food. We've mm-hmm. done it before. Yeah. But I want to touch back on that whole thing of it's, and I think this is true with sleep, too. These are two critical they're critical. They're we, very they're, basic. For, on both yeah. sides of the spectrum. For us as yeah. parents to give to Habits. our children, yeah. to help them develop, yeah. as well as things that they need yeah. to develop and grow. Yeah. And so the like, no matter how cool I try and be and how like, look at me doing it this yeah. way, I still will like, 
after two weeks of being cool, start trying to figure out how can I, you know, am I sneaking something? I can't even sneak because he won't eat anything where I could Slightly hide it. Slightly different. Yeah. But different yeah. enough that he would be, yeah. Yeah, that exactly. I could sneak it. Sneak anything in. Yeah. 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 So I, yeah, there's a lot of like, oh. There's guilt about him not eating now, and then there's guilt about him like being 20 on a date at a restaurant and being like, I want a chick, a plain chicken pack. Because I dated a guy who was like that. Yeah. Who like would remove everything from whatever the yeah. meal was so that it yeah. was a chicken. Yeah. It was plain chicken. Yeah. And like, maybe I dated your brother in another life. Yeah. But like, I literally, it was just like, wow. But the sleep is bad because that also disrupts. Yeah. So like for me, it's not the bedtime thing. I'm like, so, it's funny how low my expectations have <laughs> become, like how low the bar is. Because like it used to be horrifying yeah. to me with Gracie when she was three and a half that yeah. I would have to be in there at bedtime. Like I was like, I can't believe I've done this with my life. It was right. so hard. And now I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's what bedtime is. Yeah. Like I'm so <laughs> used to that being my life. Yeah. But what's actually really hard is that because because he like wants me to be there to fall asleep when he wakes up in the night inevitably just to pee he, he needs me again there. he needs me again yeah. and so it's either me coming back in and sitting with him or what usually happens is he gets in bed with me yeah and this is so it's just amazing so on mother's day and on father's day at his preschool they sent home those little like fill in the blank things i wish mine would do that i know, I know there's they're some so issues but at the same funny. time i just am like there's so somebody funny. make up what i did i know what's my worst they're thing so I say? cute and funny but i have to say <laughs> on both of ours why do you love your mom because she lets me sleep in her bed why do you love your dad? Because he lets me sleep in his bed. Baby. So, okay. <laughs> we lit Jesse and I looked at each other and we were like, well, this is over. Like yeah. there's no way we're turning back. I know. From like it's clear that this is so, so meaningful yeah. to him. Yeah. And <laughs> and again, I'm just sitting here like, wow, I never thought yeah. it would come to this. Yeah. And here we are. Like, here we are. But I think, I think to like wrap up on the like yet idea, is it false hope to assume that like one day it's going to change? Why is it important that it changes? uh Sometimes it's important because of health and of the whole family, mental and physical. And who cares? Right. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, that last one I can answer. I kind of care. Mm-hmm. And I also care because of the perceptions that I assume people are having of me and how I'm parenting mm-hmm. because my kid only eats the one thing or that I'm giving into or that I, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, no one has ever said these words to me. But like in my head, when I make the extra meal, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm getting the luck. Well, but Even you also, I, it kind of seems like you also. Every time this happens, yeah. you think to yourself of that guy that you dated yeah, in the restaurant. Yeah, I did. Like, I did. You're, My you're, history. Yeah. This is also about you yes. being afraid yes. that because this is happening now, this means something for later. You know, which really falls into something we should talk about at another point yeah. in time. My, like, baggage and fears for my children yeah. with some with things that yeah. aren't really probably that important yeah. but carried so much yeah. importance to me to that you. I want to try yeah. and prevent and yeah. solve it's which are be completely out of my control yeah and they're going to be right. other things I'll make a million father other ex-girlfriends yeah. oh. <laughs> you know like <laughs> it's going to be different stuff probably <laughs> <That's right. laughs> 
I am biting my tongue so hard right now with so many inappropriate jokes. Okay. But like, if you have resigned, like with the sleep thing, yeah. I think there are, there are a million of these yeah. that we do in our lives. Oh, yeah. Some for ease, some yeah. because we think it's going to change. Yeah. Some because, as you said, this is just sleep yeah. now. Yeah. Like, and choosing your battles a lot. Like, yeah. I have a lot of things with Gracie where I'm just like, I'm going to work on this a different day. Like, I can't work on all the stuff at once. Is that helping? Like, I'm asking, it's like, I'm like, is survival. it a, is it, yeah. Is, I don't think it's, I wouldn't phrase it as helping. Okay, I, I just would say it's, it's, get, it's yeah. how, I, I don't, yeah, it's survival. I think survival. this is why it can be yeah. kind of isolating as a parent. Because, yeah. like, sometimes you get into these, like, survival, mm-hmm. or this is how, this unit works best right now. Yeah. Or this is how this particular screw in the yeah. machine works best right now. Yeah. And that doesn't always work out in the rest of the world. And everybody else's machine yeah. is working differently. And so you wind up having to like, it's very sort of insular mm-hmm. dealing with it. Yeah, totally. Especially when, I, and I think about like, even the like, these are all these sorts of problems. Like even the story about your brother, I'm like, that is a great story. If I had replied to you with a story about sleep, well, you yeah. know, it's going to eventually they'll grow out of it. Yeah. That's true, probably. Yeah. But also it's it's one of those things you and I are friends. So we can be like, yeah, that's actually a helpful story. I'm yeah. glad to hear that. Yeah. Uh, Ten years seems really long. It does. <laughs> we but, all have acknowledged how long it seemed at yeah, the time. Yeah. Like, but like still. OK. Yeah. yeah. You know, good. Yeah. But, like, these sorts of problems, the maybe they're never going to grow out of it, uh-huh. opens us up to discussions we may not want to have out in the world as right. well. Of yeah. People being like, you know, mine didn't do that or mine tried. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. so when sometimes you're like, maybe it just won't grow out of it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You know? Well, okay. I'm going to I'm gonna s- s- repeat something that I heard on one of my favorite podcasts. <laughs> Which is the Tilt Parenting Podcast, and we've had Debbie Reber on the show oh, before, yeah. um, so, so some of you may uh, already know her. But there was an episode, I can't even remember which one it was, but they were talking about like how a lot of times things that really bother us in the moment with our kids are really connected with us feeling like what they're doing now has meaning for mm. what they're going to do later, and like we sometimes feel like I have to stop them from doing this because they can't just keep doing this. Yeah. And the idea of like how helpful it can be to sometimes sometimes recognize that we actually don't know what the future holds and that like maybe yeah. anything, any number of things are a maybe for a possibility for the future. And yeah. like how kind of like it can be stressful in a different way to yeah. know that we don't know the future. But, like, sometimes if we notice, and I do this all the time now, and it really helps me, that, like, sometimes if we notice, like, oh, the reason I'm having such a hard time with this right now is because I'm thinking about how not okay this will be in third grade for right. her to be doing this. Or, like, right. I'm just, I'm, I, somehow my brain is, like, subconsciously thinking, like, I have to put a stop to this yeah. somehow. Yes. And, re- yeah, and, like, <laughs> It actually really helps me to just go, well, actually, this is happening right now, but I actually don't know what it's going to be like in six months. I actually don't know what it's going to be like in a year. Or, like, just because they're doing this now does not necessarily mean X, Y, and Z. Yeah, I really I really like that. I like the idea of just saying maybe anything. And maybe anything. Yeah.
One Bad Mother is supported in part by Kupari. It's an aluminum-free deodorant that's dedicated to changing the deodorant game by giving you pure coconut confidence. Instead of plugging up your sweat glands, Kupari's deodorant fights odor with sage oil and coconut oil, and it outlasts your longest days. What I also love is that it's also free of silicone, sulfates, parabens, GMOs, and baking soda, and it is completely cruelty-free. And I would like to say that I tried it when it was 110, 109, and then 100 degrees here in Pasadena, California. I was like, I'm going to put this to the test. And it was great. I did not stink. It was really pretty impressive. Go to kapari.com slash badmother to make the safe switch today and see how you can save $5 off your first order. That's kapari, K-O-P-A-R-I dot com slash badmother. Kapari.com slash badmother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. I've got a big one. (laughs) So, inspired in part by a genius call that we had Mm. on this show a few weeks ago, I faced facts and realized that I really wanted a bigger car (laughs) Um, and I am very (laughs) very grateful say it that I was able to buy a minivan oh she's three kids in minivan time minivan time Teresa texted me and was like that woman was right yeah Yeah. this is life changing it's (laughs) I like I I'm so grateful for it. The the yeah. the final straw for me was I've been having back problems. Uh. And I realized that I leaned because yeah. I had this like low wagon yeah. and I lean all the way down and all the way in and all three of my kids st- still need help strapping in because it's yeah. all so squished you can't like yeah. find buckles and things. And I was doing this multiple times a day. And, like, somebody asked me about it. They were like, wait, you have a low car? Yeah. How do you even do that? Yes, people have said this. And I was this. like, yeah. oh. And and then I thought about it, and I was like, and I thought about all the people I've seen strapping their kids into, like, higher up yeah. cars. And, like, how they're just standing up straight while they buckle their kid <laughs> in. And I was like, oh. And then I just started thinking about it. And anyways, whatever. I'm so, <laughs> so lucky and fortunate and grateful. And this car is amazing. <laughs> And it has totally changed our lives. And I got it in time for the travel. So we had it for the travel. And the kids love it. And I'm I'm just I it's just a game changer. I'm so happy. Yeah. You leveled up. Yes, thank you. Good job. Yeah. As I mentioned uh, at the beginning of the show, uh, in my genius, I was gonna share why the Bama trip (laughs) 
<laughs> so well. So as you all know, I have been doing therapy. Got back into therapy earlier this year. The depression had sort of been raising its head. And i just been struggling with a lot of loops in my life where mm-hmm. I kept thinking, I'll grow out of this a little bit, mm-hmm. like with just enough sleep or just enough this change or that change, I'm going to grow out of this. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I wasn't yeah. changing. Then two years later. Two years later <laughs> I, or five years later, whatever. Yeah. That was great. So I asked in a panic, got in to see a psychiatrist and I got back on some antidepressants Woo! and uh, after a mild, yet <laughs> you listened to the show a couple of weeks ago, you can tell. I'm having some first week side effects. Mm-hmm. Who wants to do a show? Mm-hmm. Uh, but now everything's mellowed out. And I will say it is, it has taken the edge off. That's so good. I Yeah, good it really this. is allowing me, a good way to put it is it's giving me the space mm-hmm. mentally to like now work on things. Oh, that right? is so Right? As opposed to just good. feeling like the bucket is so full, I can't yeah. take a step left or right without yes. spilling it. And so, you know, I just always like to put that out there because, you know, it can help if you're if you need that help. That is so good. Thank you. Good job. Thank you. I'm just calling in what was a fail in progress <laughs> turned to a genius. So I decided that I would have my kids walk with me to the store, which really is only three blocks away. But... I have a five-year-old and a three-and-a-half-year-old and a one-year-old. The one-year-old's in the stroller. The other two, about a half block in, immediately decided this is a bad idea. And we're starting to drag their feet. And so I was just going to push through. And then we passed a neighbor who was playing with her kids in the front yard. And she offered to keep my older two while I went to the store real quick. And I as the genius that I am, (laughs) accepted. So this would have been a fail call later tonight had they not, this awesome mom, had not uh, (laughs) solved my problem by offering to take my kids. Genius. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. Good job accepting. I just think about, what would I have done in that situation? No, I've got it. Yeah. You know? No, it's fine. It's fine. It's just two more blogs. Yeah. And the store. Yeah. And coming back. Yeah. I would have totally not done it. Yeah. And good job. Good job. Really good job. Failures. Fail. 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 You suck. Fail me, Teresa. So as I've mentioned before, I like to read my Kindle when I'm waiting for kids to fall asleep at night and getting ready for um, this last trip, which was for a week in the mountains. I packed the case for my Kindle and got there and realized my Kindle was not in that case. Um, So I didn't have my Kindle for the whole week and there also isn't internet up there. So I couldn't like use my phone. Yeah. Um, so that really sucked. And then I came <laughs> home and I still can't find my Kindle. So I think my Kindle might be gone or missing, oh. deeply missing, or like maybe a toddler threw it in the trash or say. something. I, I don't know, but I, I feel like a limb is missing oh, from my I'm body. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. yeah. I am very sorry. Yeah, it sucks. Okay. So Kate Bell. Signed her up for camp. Uh, as some of you know, panic. Ah, we can't actually spend the whole summer together. So I signed her up for camp. Uh, Monday, first day of camp. That is great. That is today, because that is the day we are recording. Yes. Yesterday, we went to a barbecue 
in the evening, old friends uh, with a kid who was like one of Katie Bell's really good friends. They had moved. They were back. And I had agreed that Katie Bell could do a backyard camp out with all the kids. And they have a pool. They've been swimming all day. And then I was like, oh, that's great. She has to be at camp at 9 o'clock yeah. in the morning. So technically... All's okay. The fail will come this evening yeah. when she is so fucking tired. Yeah. And Ellis will be just, Ellis has been in a place of just pure crank recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything is unfair and awful and mm-hmm. horrible. And so tonight is not going to be, and then I got to send her back tomorrow. Yeah. When are you going to rest? <sighs> oh, well. Oops. Oops. Hi. This is like an ongoing fail, and I'm, you know, I'm a smart, confident, like maybe, I don't know if I'm confident now, but smart woman, and for the last two months, every single time I make breakfast and I'm cleaning up, I try to put the toaster in the refrigerator, and every day that I do it, I think to myself, am I this tired? I mean, I know I have a 15-month-old, but Jesus. Anyways, I love you guys. Thank you so much for your show. You guys are all doing a great job. I guess I'm doing a great job, but (laughs) anyways. (laughs) Toaster in the fridge, meat in the pantry, groceries left for a week in the back of the car. Yep. No one knows where their keys are. Yep. Buy a bunch of groceries, don't have your credit card, water in the coffee grinder. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. are all failing at yep. basic human functions. Yep. Great. 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 You are doing a great job. You are. But you also suck. But you also suck. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. Support for One Bad Mother comes in part from Audible. Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet, which lets you fill your summer with more stories like American Housewife by My Big Sister. Go to audible.com slash badmother or text badmother to 500-500 to get started. Amazon Prime members can get Audible for $4.95 a month for the first three months. That's like getting three months for the price of one. After that, it's only $14.95 a month. The offer ends July 31st, 2018. Teresa. Yes. Let's call someone today. Hey. Jill Castle is the author and co-author of Eat Like a Champion and Fearless Feeding, respectively. She pens the Nourish Child blog and is the voice behind the Nourish Child podcast. She regularly contributes to U.S. News and World Reports for Parents blog and serves on the Board of Advisors for Parents magazine. A sought-after speaker and media contributor, Jill has inspired audiences including TEDx, American Academy of Pediatrics, WIC, university groups, and a range of other nutrition, medical, government, and parent audiences. Let's have her make us feel better about feeding our children. (laughs) Welcome, Jill. 
Thank you. That's me. Wow. Yeah, Thank you, you so much. Yeah, you clean up well. Isn't that great? <laughs> uh, before we get into talking about food and, and our kids, I'd like to start with what we ask all our guests, which is who lives in your house? Oh, that's a great question. Well, myself and my husband, and we have four kids and two dogs. So I have three daughters, and my caboose is a boy, and they're all teenagers or young adults. Whoa. (laughs) Yes. Some are kind of half out of the nest and some are still in the nest. They kind of flip out and flip in based on college schedules and all that good stuff. Wow. Let us just say good job again. That's exciting. That's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) It feels like it was a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, are you recovered at all or is I'm recovering. That's good. 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 Uh, all right. Well, let's get let's get in uh, to the very first thing, which is what inspired you to write Fearless Feeding? Oh, that's a great question. So as a, a pediatric dietitian, I, you know, obviously get tons of questions about nutrition and <laughs> parents are really focused on what food to feed their kids. But I know as a professional that there's a lot going on with feeding, so that interaction between the parent and child. And I really wanted to create uh, a resource that covered not only just the nutrition part, but the feeding dynamic and child development, because kids go through different phases of child development, and it's predictable. And if you understand that as a parent, it helps you really react to their behaviors in a better pl- in a better way, I guess, if you if you think about it that way. Do you mean me not crying at the table every night? There's another alternative to guilt, waking up at two in the morning. What if it wasn't a fish stick tonight? Like, okay, this is good. This is good. Yeah, no, it's just, you know, picky eating is pretty typical between the ages of two and six. If you know it's coming, you're not going to freak out as much about it, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. So I'm just going to jump right in. We've talked on the show a lot about, you know, uh, sort of the guilt or the emotions, maybe emotions is a better word, tied in for us as parents uh, when it comes to feeding our kids. And, and like everything from the how good we feel, how good it feels when they, you know, everything from like take this bottle or, or you know, a formula or breast milk or if they're they're eating the vegetables we gave them or they actually ate the dinner like how good it feels to feed our children (laughs) and then so when they don't eat it or they reject it or they only want you know crackers how like devastating it can feel (laughs) and how much that can catch you off guard so I guess Mm -hmm. I guess I'd like to just step right into keeping us off the ledge a little bit can you can you Yeah. yeah help help really just me (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I totally get the emotional connection to feeding children because it does, you know, it's it's our job, right? And if we're doing it well, our children are eating a variety of foods, they're eating whatever we serve, they're enjoying it, they're pleasant at the table. But the reality <laughs> is <laughs> not all kids are like that all the time. And it can feel like a personal affront if we've put in all this work, we've tried our hardest, and we're rejected. And how many rejections can we take in, in a week? I mean, it, gets, it can be overwhelming. <laughs> so one of the things that you know, 
I like to help parents do is sort of shift their mindset a little bit because your job really isn't to get your child to eat. Your job is to provide opportunities for your child to eat a nutritious meal or snack. And that's your only job. And so you can take the emotion out of it and actually feel pretty good about yourself if you execute that job day in and day out. And just pat yourself on the back and say, yep, I got three meals on the table. I offered up two good snacks. It's not my deal if he eats or not eats. It's his deal, right? Well, yes. However, <laughs> so you're going to have to help me through this then because I'm I'm with you on the I try and do the like I always feel pretty good if some fruits and vegetables have gone in, if real mm-hmm. proteins have gone in throughout the day. But I and I got an older child who yeah, put the options on the table. She's going to eat some of the options, maybe not all the options, but where she's food's going in Mm -hmm. my other a little more emotional when it comes to life in general uh (laughs) and so let's say i put down the options and while i'm no longer getting rejected per se i am listening to complete meltdowns that Mm -hmm. never seem to end and then the the hungry anger comes along right Mm -hmm. because you know so like it's a little, maybe it's a little like the old cry it out thing where like, I, I don't know how much I want to stand here listening to my child scream at me. Yeah. Talk me through that. Yeah. I mean, I think that meltdowns, a lot of meltdowns are a sign sometimes that there's a little strain around food for the child. And maybe, mm. you know, sometimes children are truly picky, are truly, <laughs> truly picky right. and they have a sensory Mm. Uh, component to their pickiness, or they've experienced a lot of pressure, and that could right. be positive pressure, like, hey, great, you ate the broccoli, wonderful, let's celebrate, this is awesome. Or it could be, gosh, you got to eat the broccoli. I'm going to give you ice cream so you eat the broccoli. Or, right. you know, that's all pressure. And for some children who are sensitive, their temperaments are sensitive, that pressure doesn't work. We actually know this from the scientific research that the more pressure kids feel to eat or to perform in a certain way with their eating, it actually can shut down their appetite and it mm-hmm. can make their eating worse. So That's interesting. Imp- it is. And it's important for parents to understand that how they are responding to their child's pickiness can really influence how well their child eats or not. Okay, well, how then to keep the table relatively sane, whatever meal it is, Mm -hmm. what are good ways to react in in these situations? So the first step, lose all the emotion. Your, Your worth as a mother or as a father is not tied up in whether your child eats or not. Uh, so lose the emotion because really, as I mentioned before, your job is to just get these meals on the table and support and keep a positive environment at the table so your child can navigate those foods. And then other things that you can do is, you know, children like to have a little bit of control. They like to have a say in what's going on their plate. So a lot of times I'll advise parents to not even plate their ch- their children's food uh, but to put things in the mm. middle of the table like family style and let the kids choose which foods they're going to put on their plate and how much they're going to put on their plate. And, of course, you're going to put out a well-balanced, nutritious meal that has, you know, fruits and vegetables and whole grains and protein sources and dairy or non-dairy, whatever your 
family follows. But it's going to be a nice, well-balanced meal, and it's going to also showcase one or two foods on that table that you know your child likes to eat. Right. So he can come to the table and say, ah, I see there's applesauce and there's some milk. I can eat something here. And then you're going to all sit at the table and you're not going to say boo about how much your child's eating or what they chose to eat. But you're going to just have a nice family meal with no pressure, no attention to that child that might not be eating to uh, the level that you want them to eat. But then at the back end of the meal, when the meal is over, the meal's over. There's not like an hour later, I'm hungry, mom. There's not that. It's like, sorry, bud, you chose not to eat very much. So we're not having another meal or another snack until two o'clock or three o'clock snack time or whatever the next meal or snack you have planned is coming along. And so then children learn, we eat at mealtime and snack time. And I don't get to go to the pantry or the refrigerator and help myself to something else because when kids do that, what do they do? They fill up on foods that probably aren't the best for them, and then they lose their appetite for the next meal or snack. And so then you get into this cycle where they're not hungry uh, to eat because they've grazed in between those meal times and snack times. Interesting. I have a question about the letting them like taking I like the taking the pressure off and I like the idea of letting them serve themselves from a bunch of different options, um, Mm -hmm. especially when, you know, there's like one or two things that they like. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious about like, so say so say like just using your example that your child does like milk and applesauce (laughs) and feels really safe with that and serves themselves a bunch of that and like every night it's like pretty much the same thing is and so if your goal is not to put pressure in any direction then presumably you you're suggesting like maybe not even to say something like do you want to try a blah 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 it's really good <laughs> like i'm just is there a way without making a pressured environment to encourage them to try something different with that you know do you know what i'm saying yeah no i do and i do think that Parents should positively encourage their children to try something new if they've never had it um, and to encourage them to take a variety of foods on their plate. But if it starts, if you start as a parent to get the sense that your child is starting to draw inward or starting to cave and you start to recognize that mm, maybe he's experiencing this as pressure, then you need to back off from that. And a lot of that depends on your child's temperament. Some children are like, woo, I'm adventurous. I'll try anything. Bring it my way. And other children are like, I'm going to be cautious. I'm going to make sure that everybody else likes this first. I'm not sure I want to try it the first time I see it. So you, you need to also kind of be aware of what works for your child and go with that. But that being said, you know, I like using a tasting plate or a learning plate on the table for brand new foods that you're not sure your child is going to warm up to. And a tasting plate or a learning plate is a is a plate that's not the plate the child is eating their dinner off of. It's just a little small plate on the side where they can try a very small portion or even just a bite of a new food. And they don't have to eat it. That's kind of the ground rule. This is a, a learning plate. You can learn about the food. You can test touch it. You can smell it. You can pick it up and feel it and put it back down. You can put it in your mouth. You can take it out. You don't have to eat it, though. It's just to learn about this food. And that 
in and of itself takes the pressure off of kids quite a bit, and it gives them the freedom to explore. And then the other thing that psychologically I think works really well with kids is is saying, you don't have to eat it. It's just, it's here. You don't have to eat it. Yeah. It's going to be when you say that, they're kind of like, wait, 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 you always make me eat this. That's right. That's right. For the next 20 years, you don't have to eat it, but I'm giving it to you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's the same piece of cheese. It's aged. Uh, All right. I feel like I'm living a myth about food right now that he will eventually grow out of it. What are some other maybe myths or old wives tales or just old ways of thinking that we are still carrying around possibly about picky eating about yeah picky eating or just eating in general okay so one of you you said a great one right there he'll just grow out of it that's a myth for some kids yeah because there are kids out there who are extreme picky eaters they actually have a sensory backbone to their picky eating they're more sensitive to tastes or textures or smells or the appearance of food. And they're they're the kind of picky eaters that don't necessarily grow out of it. Mm. Um, They're the picky eaters that instead of expanding their food and adding foods to their diet, they have sort of a limited number of foods in their diet and they start to even drop those Mm. foods out of their diet. diet. So those kids need a little bit more help. Um, and so that is a myth to, to tell every parent of a child with picky eating that their kid's going to grow out of it. There are going to be some kids that do not grow out of it without, you know, medical or, or, um, therapeutic intervention and help. So that's one. There's another myth. You know, there, people will say your diet has to be absolutely perfect. It has to be clean. It has to be this way. It has to be that way. Actually, I believe that the body's very forgiving. And yes, you want it to be over, <laughs> overall nutritious and healthy, but there's room for, uh, sweets and treats. You know, you don't want them to be out of control in your child's diet and you don't want them to overtake the diet, but your ch- children have room for one or two normal-sized treats a day. And if they're active and they're outside playing or they're playing a sport or or whatever and the rest of the diet is good, it's not going to hurt them. It actually can help them understand where sweets fit in the diet mm. and how to navigate those foods because uh, and you've probably seen this too. I've seen families where the kids get no sweets. And those are the kids that go to the neighbor's house and go crazy when yeah. there are brownies and ice cream and candy available. They can't regulate their yeah. eating. Yeah, there's something about the moderation. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, we try to apply that. Like you got to learn where it's okay and where it's not okay. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, so that you're not like hiding behind the bed. <laughs> Converting candy. (laughs) Not like I know anybody like that ever happened. Anyway, so last last question. Yes, these things all sound good and make sense. And I feel like I could do some. And then comes a day, many days, where my life feels like it's not set up for me to be very good at it. So what are some, are there any like tips or ways to prepare for those days or to remove guilt from those days or figure out healthier choices for those days? Well, I think, you know, one of the things I think that is very beneficial to children is keeping food and feeding on somewhat of a structure or a schedule. 
because kids love predictability. Think about preschoolers. They go to preschool and they do the same 10 tasks at the top of their day while they're there, and they come to expect it. Kids love that with food, too. They love to know when meals are happening. They love to know when it's snack time. They even love to kind of know. They like a heads up on what's being served. So for any parent out there who can plan a little bit ahead, that helps kids feel a little bit more secure. In terms of like what you're going to add to meals or to snacks to keep children satisfied and full and uh, not getting overly hungry and then overeating yeah. during the day is to include things like a protein source with every meal. And protein can come from meats or fish or beans or nuts, dairy products, eggs. Um, always include a protein at, at main meals and even sometimes snacks because protein's very satiating. It really tamps down the appetite, makes kids feel full and satisfied for a longer period of time. The same goes for sources of fat. So you can do things like avocado or olive oil or nuts or seeds or olives. Somehow building those into meals and snacks also increases the satisfaction factor. And the last nutrient that's really helpful for parents is to include fiber into their kids' meals and snacks. So fruits, vegetables, whole grains, more often than refined grains, beans, nuts. When you can start to work in those nutrients through the foods that you're choosing, your child is going to be more satisfied after finishing meals and snacks and not come an hour later asking you for more food. And then, you know, just making sure and this is probably one of my most favorite rules for families to learn, is to close the kitchen. When it's not meal time and it's not snack time, it's not eating time. And when you close down the kitchen, kids have the opportunity to do other things, go outside and play, work on a hobby, um, just do chores. But the focus isn't on food all the time. And I think for children, we have to create these opportunities where they're not constantly parading into the kitchen and looking in the pantry and grabbing a snack, you know, you can set boundaries with your children, making sure they have to ask first before they take anything else, you know, outside of meals or snacks. Or like I said, closing the kitchen. You just say, sorry, bud, the kitchen's closed. It'll be open at three o'clock for snacks. <laughs> so <laughs> these are such easy cut. It sounds very cut and dry, but Feeding your family and especially feeding your children is sort of like a business. If you take the emotion out of it and you're more structured and you have a routine with it and you have a plan that you've thought through and those boundaries that support that plan, then there's not a lot of emotion. Kids learn their routine. They come to the table hungry. They fill up and then they move on to the next thing. Oh, you're right. This makes so much sense. And yet I... <laughs> Very, like, I I mean, just for me, I'm like, I am all emotion. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, that, that's, that doesn't mean that these aren't things that I'm going to take and apply and try. But I think as parents, it's hard to remove the emotion sometimes. I think it's just we got to be gentle as we start to take on these, as we remove yeah. the emotion. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also remember that, you know, yeah, your job is to nourish them, yeah. but your job is also to nurture their relationship with food and also help them understand how to self-regulate. That's hard. <laughs> it is hard. It is hard. It's a job. I say, I, know. I say all the time, this is one of your hardest jobs you will ever have. Ugh. Feeding your kids 
because we enter into the job without any training. We're left to figure it out as we go along, and it can be one of the most frustrating things. That's why I wrote Fearless Feeding and what, you know, why I do what I do, because I know parents don't have that preparation. But once they start to find little systems yeah. and, and routines that work for them, it's like it, it's rewarding. Just like you said, it's so rewarding to watch your child sit down and help themselves to, you know, dinner and eat it and there's no drama and it's a happy place. That's the reward of feeding well. <laughs> I cannot wait for my reward. (laughs) Jill, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to link everybody up to Fearless Feeding as well as to the Nourished Child blog and podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye. Maximum Fun's new sci-fi comedy podcast, Bubble, is coming to San Diego Comic-Con on July 21st. At 1 p.m., Bubble cast members Travis McElroy, Cristela Alonzo, Eliza Skinner, Allison Becker, Mike Mitchell, Jordan Morris, and Danielle Radford will be signing autographs. Tickets are required, but free. Then at 5 p.m., the cast will participate in a panel moderated by Jesse Thorne, held at the San Diego Central Library. For more information, visit MaximumFun.org slash SDCC. Hi, this is Jay Keith Van Stratton, host of Go Fact Yourself here on the Maximum Fun Network. On Go Fact Yourself, we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb. Oh, by the way, how much do you know about chicken husbandry? You gotta give them that grain. <laughs> All right. <laughs> gotta give them that grain. And then smart again. What future Hall of Fame pitcher for the Cleveland Indians became the first active player to enlist? Bob Feller. When- oh, okay. <laughs> We've got me... Co-host Helen Hong, plus celebrity guests and actual surprise experts. In the coming weeks, you can hear guests like Maria Bamford, Tom Bergeron, Paul F. Tompkins, Janet Varney, and Grant Imahara. And if you're in the New York area, come check us out live. We're doing two shows there on July 21st and July 22nd. Go to GoFactorPod.com for tickets and more. We'll see you in New York or on the first and third Friday of every month here on the Maximum Fun Network. Whoa. Yeah. We've got to stop having people come on and remind us that we have all this work we have to do as parents. Ah! Actually, I thought there was a lot of interesting stuff in there. And none of it is like a huge surprise when it caught, like, some of it was a huge surprise. But then I'm like, oh, yeah, structure. And, like, as she's talking, I keep thinking, I don't do that. I know. <laughs> About lots of but stuff. But like, well, like the pressure thing yeah. is a tough one. That's like, a tough one. Because I feel like I've talked about how we do like the first play yeah. thing. And like it has worked really well in getting um, our kids to eat things that they wouldn't normally eat. But like it's still kind of a battle every yeah. night. And like I, I have noticed that like 
Oscar will sometimes just refuse to eat at dinner with us and yeah. he'll come back later yeah. and eat it when he's ready. And I'm wondering now, like I was yeah. thinking before, oh, he wasn't hungry yet. But now I'm thinking like maybe he just likes that he can do it on his own terms with nobody bothering him. Well, yeah, like, well, that's he, interesting. Like the pressure's off later. So yeah. he can just go. Like it's the same food. Yeah. It's just that he's coming to eat it on his, well, on his own Well, and Katie Bell schedule. does the whole like she eats a big meal. Mm-hmm. But then an hour later, She's she wants more hungry. food, yeah. you know, before dinner. Yeah. And I'm like, well, shouldn't I be giving him some food so that she's not hungry? I know. And it's not like well, I'm giving her cake. I'm giving her, like, you got to no, have some fruit or you got to have a... Like, but I yeah. thought it was interesting. So I was like, oh, should I be rethinking protein? Should I be like, if she's well, having soup, should I have avocado next to the plate? And like, and yeah. Ellis is just, just, I think about putting the food down in front of him. Like, if yeah. there's like a fork yeah. down right now, yeah, he like, ah! Right. We're really trying to work on don't your his reaction like yeah. screaming isn't helpful. No one can hear you. Right, we're gonna eat outside. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I know. Well, just on the Katie Bell thing, I think if she eats meals, yeah. I don't think you have to worry, worry about giving yeah. her snacks if yeah. she's also oh, eating. Yeah, she eats at, the meals you know and I mean? the snacks and everything. Right. So yeah. then I don't think I yeah. think more her point was like if you have a picky eater yeah. at dinner, True. don't give them a snack. Don't let them snack like right before True. dinner because they're yeah. going to be even less Just likely to eat. Yeah. Cook a meal while your child screams right at your feet. <laughs> right. Howling, oh. yelling. Uh, anyway. Okay, great. All that said, yeah. that's all about us <laughs> refusing to do the work. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I thought that all said, uh, these are some really good ideas. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, so everybody check out uh, Jill and Fearless Theater. Uh, you know what we should also check out, speaking of doing the work, is the mom having a breakdown. This is a breakdown. I am going to lose my mind. My husband got a new job across the country, and so we are in the process of moving and he is already out there. I have a nine-month-old, and she's wonderful. She's a little unicorn. But everything that has gone wrong and could go wrong has gone wrong. We've tried to sell our house. We got a buyer. They backed out. It was back on the market. Now all of our stuff is in a pod getting shipped across the country. I am sleeping literally in a closet with a mattress, just my stuff, Everything else is being staged, so I've been sleeping in my house. Oh, and then the U-Haul pod got, the truck got broke down, so it was late getting picked up, so we've had showings with the U-Haul pod in the driveway. Oh, and the dumpster was late to get picked up, so we have a dumpster in our driveway. Oh, this, that, and the other thing, not to make matters worse, my car that's supposed to be shipped has gotten delayed. My daughter... Just got a voicemail or a call from daycare, and she's had her third major blowout, so she's unable to attend back to daycare until she's 24 hours symptom free. So I'm solo parenting for the last two weeks. I have one more week. My husband has, God bless his soul, been no help, and I just have no idea what to do. And I'm exhausted mentally, physically. Emotionally, it's just hard. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Oh, my God. Wow. Living in a staged house with a baby by yourself? Yeah. That really sounds like a nightmare. That's That's a legit nightmare. Yeah. That's so much 
That's so hard on top of just the normal things that we have to do with a baby, a one-year-old all the time. And then like the sleeping in the closet. I mean, none of your stuff's where it's supposed to be. None of like, and that includes your stuff for the child. And, you know, your husband, your partner is on the other side and there's nothing he can do. Yeah. Because he's over there. Oh, my God. But that doesn't mean, like, it doesn't feel completely isolating. All the stuff in the yard, the car, everything being late. The stress around the the house having to be back on the market. I know. I don't think, like, this is like a situation that a lot, if, if you haven't done it yet, there's a good chance it might happen. And that's that moment where you gotta, like, one partner. Or your uh, a single parent, or your partner is gone, and you got to pack up that house and move that move mm-hmm. with kids. Mm-hmm. It's so much. Yeah, you are doing a magnificent job. Yeah, you really are. That is a lot. Yeah. to juggle. Yeah, you're not going to feel. Go- <laughs> She's like. I mean, I this baby is my unicorn baby. Just, yeah. yeah, we've talked about that on the show. That yeah. doesn't mean like doesn't you're not really entitled matter. to feel yeah. like yeah. this is too much. Yeah, it's too much. You're doing a remarkable job. Yeah, you are. You really are. Yeah, all the trophies. Yes, to line up in the tiny closet. Yes. Oh, so sorry, Teresa. Yes. What did we learn today? Well, according to Jill Castle, maybe our kids really won't ever grow out of it. Yeah. Ha! And we also talked about how maybe anything could happen. Maybe. Maybe they will. Anything. Won't. Maybe they will. I really like the maybe anything. Maybe anything. Maybe anything. Yeah. Also, I don't want to forget. Don't forget. There's a meetup. The One Bad Parents and Friends in Southwestern Ohio and NKY subgroup will be having a meetup on Saturday, July 21st at Parky's Ark Splash Pad in Winton Woods Park in Cincinnati. That sounds fun. Yeah, it does. Meet at the Harbor Playground next to the Splash Pad at 10 a.m. and look for the balloons. Uh, They will then move over to the Splash Pad when it opens at 11 a.m. So bring a picnic lunch or you can buy something from the snack bar. I'm sure someone will have brought the sunscreen. Details are in the group. That's, again, OBPs and friends in southwestern Ohio and NKY on Facebook. Good job, guys. Have fun. Have fun. Guys, it is so nice to be back with Teresa and with you guys. Yeah, it's great. It is really hard. Yeah. (laughs) It's so hard. Yeah. There's... It's hard when you're trying your, like, best to do something fun. Mm -hmm. It's hard when you're letting go. It's hard if everything is exactly where it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And it's hard when nothing is where it's supposed to be. Everybody gets their own share hard. Okay? And we have to remember how isolating that can be for ourselves and for others. And like I said at the top of the show... We are all being affected in different ways by the world around us. And we really need to try and remember kindness to ourselves and to others and one step at a time and maybe anything. Mm-hmm. So you're all doing a truly remarkable job. Yeah, you are. 
Teresa? Yes. You are doing a really good job. It's so nice to like have you in front of me so I can tell you what a good job you're doing. Oh, thanks, Biz. You're also doing a really good job. Thank you. And I just want to, we have one more little announcement. Oh, great. Our lovely producer, Kara Hart, is off to England and is no yep. longer our producer. And yep. we wish her the best in all of her exciting new adventures. And we have a new producer. Yes, we do. Who you may have seen lurking about the boards or replying, uh, helping us reply to emails. And that is Hannah Smith. We are so, woo! she is uh, great and fantastic. And uh, we hope you guys will keep an eye out for her on the boards. She tries to really help us find more diverse and new voices to come on as guests and really touch on the things that we haven't had a chance to touch on or we haven't touched on as much as we'd like. So as always, uh, let us know who you'd like to have on the show through our email, onebadmother at MaximumFun.org. Guys, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Kara Hart, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all of these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, got low down mama blues. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, got low down mama blues. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.